Prologue. Have you ever loved someone so much it made you die? I have. But it didn't kill me. What killed me was the guilt. For loving someone in another tribe and loving someone in my same tribe. Did things like this happen before the moon broke? Before the reconstructors divided us into tribes? We don't know, because they recycled all the records. That was when we put everything onto computers. When we had a moon, the world was ruled by computers and the people who knew how to use them. Then the moon broke, and the computers were useless, and nobody knew how to do anything. Lucky for me, my grandparents were farmers, who suddenly had a lot of power. I don't always feel powerful, though, especially around Max. Max is from the computer tribe. I hate him. He's despicable, he disrespects me and my people, and his people, and he tried to kill me and sell me, but... Those eyes. I wish Jack had those eyes. He's from my tribe, and he's everything to me. He's kind, he respects me, he makes me a better person, he rescued me, but... Those eyes. I wish I could choose. Choose between the computers and the farmers. Choose between Max and Jack. But choice broke when the moon broke. Declaring my love for Max is declaring war on farm. That's my village. And I can't do that. But I did. And look where we are now. Broken tribes under a broken moon. One heart. Two boys. Too hard. To make a choice. I'm different. I'm chosen. I'll lead a revolution But when it comes to boys I'm frozen I'm young A young adult And this is my novel Hey there Welcome to Sundry It's a podcast where we try to never do the same thing twice Sometimes weird Sometimes funny Sometimes fiction We really hope you like what we're doing with this episode, because we'll never do it again. And now, Young Adult Novel, written and performed by Ben and Bethany Fort. Chapter 1. Computer Boy The day I met Max was like any other day. I spilled the pig feed and Aunt Olivia told me to go away while she cleaned it up. Aunt Olivia isn't my real aunt. My real aunt was named Penny, and she was killed by the computers a few months ago. Everyone told me it was an accident, but I know the truth. Before Aunt Penny, I lived with my mom, but she got trampled by a cow when I was ten, one year after my father died in a lumber accident. Aunt Olivia is cool, but sometimes I just have to get out and run away to my secret spot in the woods. No one knows about it except for Jack and my friend May and May's friend Izzy. I was sitting under a dandelion tree, dreaming about what life used to be like when I heard a voice singing. I ducked down and listened. The only thing worse than a farmer is a living, breathing farmer. The best is a dead farmer. I could tell it was a boy, a computer boy, but I was entranced by his voice like the princess in the fairy tales my Aunt Penny used to tell me. I sat up slowly to see who the voice belonged to, but he was gone. I relaxed and thought about the beautiful voice when a branch collided with my head. Jack was mad when I told him about the attack. You were attacked by a computer. Of course, we have to tell the council. I know he's right, but I'm not going to tell him that. 
You're freaking out, I say casually. Of course I'm freaking out. You could have been... I just don't want anything to happen to you. But something had happened to me, Max. Wake up, hillbilly! Wake up, hillbilly! I slowly came out of my haze and saw my attacker. What are you doing on computer land? This is farmland. Not anymore. We took this part back. My head was spinning, and not from being clubbed with a tree branch. You can't do that. He smiled. We did, and you're trespassing. Jack examines where I had been hit by a tree branch, and his fingers run through my hair a bit longer than medically necessary. Left a pretty good knot, but didn't break the skin. He has finally cooled off. He always does. You still need to tell the council. What did he look like? Short black hair, brown eyes. Those eyes. I don't know, they were just honest. I want to kill you, he said, and I knew he meant it. I come back to Jack. He's worried, and I need to say something to make him stop. I spit in his face. You what? I spit in his face. Jack's face moved from mad shocked to amused shocked. He laughs. (laughs) Of course you did, Daisy. Of course you did. What did he do? He ran away. But he didn't run away. He pulled back and looked like he was ready to throw a punch. But instead, he took off his shirt and slowly wiped his face. I felt the fear grow in my throat again, but couldn't help but notice how tan his arms were and how his chest... No. I looked in his eyes, full of honest hatred, and realized I wasn't breathing. Let me put this in terms you can understand. There's a harvest coming. I have a fiery take on the world side. Aunt Olivia says boys don't like that, but Jack likes it. The dinner bell rings three pairs of two rings. Come on, Daze. Let's get some supper. He pulls me up. I'm just glad you're okay. Me too. I kiss him on the cheek because he's my friend. But I'm not okay. I can't close my eyes without seeing his. Chapter 2. The Council I hoped I would wake up the next day and find that it had all been a dream. But Jack reminds me, not by saying anything, but with a look that says, Daisy, you have to tell the council today. I give him a look that says, Ugh, I hate council meetings. His look replies, I know, Daisy, I know, but you have to tell them what you saw. I look back. I hate old people. He looks at me. I know. I sigh. You're right. I say that one out loud. He could have looked back with an I know, but he doesn't. He could have, though. And that's why Jack is great. He knows I know and knows that I know he knows I know he knows. The council meeting is here before I know it. I stand outside of the barn, braving myself for what I need to do. Bravery comes to me, and his name is Jack. Deep breath. I hate old people, but I still respect them, because that's the privilege of being old. You get to hate young people, but still get their respect. I uphold this tradition so that I get respect one day. I enter the barn and scan the faces of the elder farmers at the front. Farmer Eli, Farmer Aiden, Farmer Pat, Farmer Brian, Farmer... Him. The eyes were already looking at me, and one of them winked. It's him. It's him. Who? The one who kidnapped me. Where is he? And for a second, I see it in Jack's eyes. In this moment, he would kill to protect me. I am beguiled. Days, where is he? I snap out of it. That one there. The one talking to Farmer Brian? The gavel pounds three times. Farmer Brian sits the eyes down in a seat of honor. 
What is happening? It is time for us to meet, croaks the ancient farmer Eli. The, the time, time to, to meet, meet is, is now. now, we all reply before sitting. Our guest of honor today is an envoy from Computerland, Max Terabyte. Are you sure it's him? Jack whispers. Of course I'm sure. Quiet, quiet. We aren't the only ones whispering. Computers never come to farmland. At least, that was what I thought until two days ago. Quiet, quiet. There is a hint of emotion in Farmer Eli. This is weird, odd, and strange. Go ahead, Envoy Terabyte. Terabyte. What a dumb name. Daisy Terabyte. <laughs> what a silly thought. And I catch myself smiling. And he smiles back. Thank you, Farmer Eli. Greetings from Computerland. Ever since the Great Firewall, our people have lived by the truce. It would be a stretch to call this peace. It has been coexistence at best, so I am here to offer peace. Our peoples, with their different skills and culture, are stronger together than apart. I am here to learn about your culture, and I hope to bring back an envoy to learn about ours. A commotion rises in the barn. Quiet! Quiet! We will need time to process this. But you are welcome to stay and learn about our culture. That is quite an assumption, Eli, says Farmer Aiden. He is an envoy, and we must respect that, replies Farmer Pat. Put it to a town vote! That was Shelly Carrot, the school headmistress. Quiet! Quiet! Farmer Eli never shouts. This is serious. Everyone is upset except Max, and he keeps staring at me, smiling not with his mouth, but with those eyes. It has been two hours since they kicked us all out of the barn. This has never happened before. The council usually deliberates in front of everyone, but this request from Max is apparently different. Yesterday, I would have laughed at the idea of them sending a farmer to computer land, but I can't be sure of anything anymore. Jack holds my hand. This also has never happened before, and I like it. Daisy. He starts, but I cut him off. I know, I have to tell them. His thumb rubs back and forth on mine. He can't hurt you anymore. And in this moment, I believe him. The doors finally open, and we crowd around to hear what Farmer Eli has to say. We have come to a decision, but we will be enforcing silence with no exceptions. Slowly, we file in. Jack lets go of my hand, but I grab it back. With enforced silence, this is the only way we can communicate. When everyone is seated, the doors creak to a close. It is time for us to meet. The, the time, time to, to meet, meet is, is now. now. The council has decided. Farmer Eli's pause lasts forever. By a vote of three to two, to grant the envoy's request, he will stay in our town tonight, and we will elect an envoy to go and learn about the computers. Were the farmers insane? Why would they send someone with that psychopath? But they don't know he's a psychopath. They haven't heard him sing or felt his quiet strength or been pierced with his eyes or pictured him in a field or... Jack squeezes my hand and suddenly I am warm. I am strong. I am power. I am farmer. I am... standing up. I volunteer as envoy. The words sound like they come from someone else. 
A gasp shatters the silence. <gasps> I take a deep breath before speaking again. I wish to go to Computerland and learn their ways, if, if the council permits. I stand there staring at the council, but all I can think about is that Jack has let go of my hand. I don't have to look at him to know he's mad. He'll tell me it's not safe, that I'm out of my mind. I think I really surprised him with my bold action. Max is still staring at me. His eyes are surprised and intrigued. And then Farmer Eli says something that surprises me and everyone else in the room. Your request is granted. Chapter 3. Goodbye, farm. The music is playing, but no one is dancing. The council ordered a hoedown so that Max could enjoy the best of our culture. Attendance was mandatory. Jack is off to the side, sulking, making sure I'm aware of how mad and hurt he is. I agree with him. I am crazy. I shouldn't have done it, but I had to, and that's why he won't understand. I wonder how Max is faring, and see that Bessie McGraw is showing him the finer points of her famous pig whistle. She's not lying when she says it's indestructible and can call a pig from a mile away. Everyone in farmland has one, which means she's run out of customers. This makes me sad. I can't help thinking this may be my last time to see Bessie McGraw. I add pig whistle to my list of things I want to take with me. An old arm reaches out to me. May I have this dance? Asks Farmer Eli with a wink. Neither of us are married, so this is okay. He became a widower a couple of years ago, and I'm never getting married, though sometimes I think I'd make an exception. As soon as my hand touches his, he whisks me away, and the two of us are spinning around the dance floor alone. His steps are perfect after a lifetime of practice, but even though he's a better dancer, he effortlessly makes me look good. I try to imagine what he looked like at my age, which must have been, what, a hundred years ago? He was 16 before the moon broke. Life had to be better then because it's really hard now. The old people don't talk about the old days, and none of us young people ever ask. I realize this may be my only chance. Farmer Eli, did you ever have a computer? Sometimes I say things without really thinking about it. Eli doesn't look shocked at my question, but I'm shocked at his answer. We all did, in our pockets. Okay, he's just being crazy now. But I am impressed that he can carry on a conversation while doing the Cupid Shuffle. Computers were never bad. The tribe may have become evil, but the machines never were. And a machine is only as good as the person using it. There is a circle around us now. Everyone is smiling and clapping at the sight of Farmer Eli, showing us how it's done. They have no idea what we are talking about. He continues. If we are ever to have peace again, it's not going to come from an old man like me. That's why you're perfect, Daisy. You're young, you speak your mind, and you're not great at raising pigs. He timed this insult for the end of the song, so all I could do is bow and smile. Eli hands me an envelope and whispers, Will you pin this for me? I look at him, confused, but people are crowding around the dance floor now, so I can't ask him about the envelope. A hand taps me on the shoulder. I assume Jack has come to his senses. He's never asked me to dance before, but we hold hands now. I can't wait to tell him about my dance with Eli. I turn around and meet dark brown, hateful eyes. Please, show me your ways, envoy, <laughs> says the familiar voice of Max Terabyte. I quickly hide Eli's envelope. 
It's a slow dance, and Max slides his hands gently onto my hips, and I put my hands on his shoulders. We sway to an old classic. Clearly, he's done this before. What do you say to a guy who almost killed you, then came and turned your village upside down? He probably wants me to say something sharp and mean. I won't give him that. Are you enjoying farm? I ask. There are people around, and they don't know we have a history. His hands are confident. I should be scared, but I'm not. He pulls me closer so he can whisper, and then says something I'll never forget. I'm going to kill you. He pulls back and turns around. Jack had tapped him on the shoulder. He didn't like how close we had gotten. I thought for a moment that he was going to start a fight, but Max laughed and stepped away from me. She's all yours, at least for tonight. (laughs) He went over to schmooze with the elder farmers. Jack was mad, but he was also my friend, my best friend. We didn't talk, but held each other close. Our time together was too short to do anything but sway and rhythm beneath a broken moon. He didn't get a chance to walk me home, and Olivia was waiting for me. I hugged Jack goodnight and wonder if he would have kissed me if it weren't for my aunt. We walk in silence through the cornfields. When it's your last night, it's easy to see the beauty in things. The crops under the shattered moonlight, dancing with your best friend, dancing with your enemy, dancing with an old man. Our culture is beautiful, and I'm going to miss it. Aunt Olivia finally speaks. The last thing your Aunt Penny said before she disappeared was... She paused before continuing. She's my friend. Things are different now. She's my friend. I shouldn't have said anything, but I said something. Did the computers kill Aunt Penny? Aunt Olivia stopped. She firmly grabbed my shoulders and looked me in the eye. Daisy, they are not your friends. He is not your friend. I looked into her sad eyes, trying to think of something to say, but there was nothing. And then we walked home. I fed the pigs, packed my pig whistle with my other things, and slept on my bed, maybe for the last time. The next morning was a blur, and the day before was a blur. Did I really volunteer to go to Computerland? Did I dance with an old man? Did he ask me to pin something? Did Jack really hold my hand? I wore a traditional outfit of overalls over a plaid shirt and a straw hat. Dust and the town seamster gave me a new pair since my overalls are covered in patches. I'm wearing it today for appearances, but I packed mine. They remind me of home. It's time to go. Max's carriage is filled with carrots, bacon, overalls, and a fiddle. Even though everyone hates the computers, we would never send an envoy away without gifts. It's time to say goodbye to Jack. I would understand if he hated me, but he understands, and I hate it. We hug and he slips something heavy into my pocket. All he says is, Come back to me. And with that, I get into a carriage with a dark-eyed monster. We head east away from the only life I've ever known. The crowd disperses, except for Jack, who watches us until we are out of sight. After we left the main village, Max still hadn't talked to me. I had decided that morning to stop playing games with him. So are you going to kill me now? He shrugged. No, not yet. Say what you will about Max, but he never lied to me. I put my hands in my pockets and fill Eli's envelope and Jack's gift. It's his pocket knife. I clasp it in my fist and feel safe. 
for now. Chapter 4 The Network I meant to stay awake, but the carriage gently rocked me to sleep. By the time I woke up, the sun was high in the sky and I knew it was around noon. I hear my stomach growl with hunger, but we have to be close to computer land. I glance at Max, but he keeps looking straight ahead. I hope I didn't snore. I probably look a mess. We're almost there. I nod. We drive in silence for a few more minutes. I can't think of anything to say. Finally, I see the outline of buildings ahead. We get closer, and I notice that there's one building, square and tall, that stands out from the rest. I'm curious about it, but no better than to ask Max. Where will I be staying? I ask instead. You can stay with Benara. <laughs> Who's Benara? Max looks at me and grins mysteriously. You're about to find out. I wonder if this Benara is important to him, or if she's a leader in the tribe. I hope it's the latter. We slow to a stop in the middle of a street, and a few people stop to stare at me. I suddenly feel self-conscious about my overalls and my messy hair. Max jumps down and walks to my side, offering me his hand. I glare at him and climb down on my own, which makes him chuckle. I hold my bag close, not letting anyone take it from me. Max is instructing people to unload the cart. They don't seem very impressed by my tribe's gifts. Max holds up a fiddle and pretends to play it. Everyone laughs. This was a mistake. I shouldn't be here. They don't want peace. They don't see farmers as their equals. I'm considering what it would take to slip away and get as far from computer as possible when a young woman walks up to us and throws herself into Max's arms. I'm taken aback, but force myself to look away so he doesn't see me staring. I hear a friendly voice say, Now who is this, Terabyte? I look up and Max is staring right at me, right through me, smiling in his knowing way. This is our envoy from farm. Her name's Daisy. Daisy, meet Benara. We shake hands and I want to hate this computer girl. I want to find something about her that is snobby and cruel like Max. Something that explains why Max has his hand on her back. But all I can think is that she has a nice smile and I know deep down that we are going to be friends. I'm wearing a dress. It's black with gold thread embroidery winding a pattern of circles and lines across my body. I told myself I wouldn't change, that I wouldn't become like them. But here I am, covered in golden code. And I like it. Wow, Daisy, you look amazing. I blush. I don't know, Benara. It's pretty fancy. Daisy, this is your first rave. You have to look hack. I've only been here for a few hours, but I have learned so much from Benara. A rave is a hoedown. Hack means ripe. I smile at Benara's reflection in the mirror. She knows she's one. I can't help but like this girl. She isn't like Max at all. She's kind and takes time to explain everything to me. When I'm with her, I forget about farmers and computers and Max and Jack. Everything is peaches, but I can't let my guard down. Benara is a computer, and I'm about to head into the lion's den. The rave is loud. The songs last forever and keep repeating themselves. The only thing our music has in common is a thumping bass drum. Benara smiles. Her teeth glow in the black light. Come on, Envoy, dance! I don't know how! I have to yell to be heard. 
Watch me. I try moving my hips in a circle like Benara, but I feel stupid. In my land, we have steps that you can learn. This is much more free. I can't figure out what to do with my hands. Sometimes Benara puts one hand in the air, sometimes two. But sometimes she crosses her arms downward. She sticks out her bottom lip and sometimes closes her eyes. I can't tell who she's dancing with. She's next to two guys, but also two girls. Are they all dancing together? Is this what they mean by the network? It is strange that she dances with two boys, but last night I danced with three. I remember the feel of Max's hands on my hips the night before. I remember the smell of Jack. I stare at Benara, wishing I were her and the boys were Jack and Max and the other girls weren't there. Hillbilly! A familiar voice yells from right beside me. I got something for you, if you can handle it. Max hands me a beverage in a small can. It's cold, and steam rises out of the hole in the top. I read the label. It says, Red Bull. I realize everyone's looking at me. Is this a hazing ritual? A test? Is this where Max kills me? Benara rushes over. She doesn't have to. No, I say firmly. Everyone's looking for me to fail, so I lean back and drink. If it's poison, it sure tastes like it, and it burns as it goes down my throat. I hear chants of, Daisy, Daisy, and Benara lets out a woo! But when I finish, I throw the can at Max. I start to feel funny. My heart races, and I feel like I can do anything. The drums stop, but the beeps keep beeping. Benara grabs my hand, and we enter the network. When we get to the middle, the beat drops and everyone cheers. I don't know if we danced for one hour or ten, but we danced as one. I don't remember leaving or going to Benara's home or falling asleep on her couch. Chapter 5. Online. I'm shucking corn, but under the shuck isn't corn, but code. I throw it down and run away. But everything begins to turn into code. The barn, the fields, the mules, Aunt Olivia, Jack. I look down and my hand is turning to code. I wake up to someone gently shaking my shoulder. It's just Benara. Come with me, she whispers. I have something to show you. It's still dark. I feel like she wants to show me something, so I follow her. We walk past the servers, and in the still darkness, I see why the computers find this place beautiful. I know how you feel about Max. Wait, does she know? I choke on my words, trying to find a way to say, I don't love him. She continues. I hate him too sometimes, but he can be good. (sighs) Breathe. My secret is safe. Here we are. I didn't realize we were now in the middle of the town. We stand in front of what would have been a typical warehouse if it weren't for two old typewriters connected to two giant locks on the doors. Turn around, she whispers. I obey, and I hear the satisfying punch of her typing. After several clicks, it sounds like the garage is unlocking. I turn around and Venera smiles at my dumbfounded look. The left one is for username. The right one is for our password. I don't know what these words mean, but I nod anyway. Come on. She opens the door for me to walk through. It looks like a store with different counters. Behind each counter are stacks of paper and piles of books. What is this? Our culture. She leads me to the first counter that has a giant bird symbol. 
She hops over the counter and quickly scrolls through the books and pulls one out. This is my feed. Go ahead. Take a look. The cover has a symbol of the letter A, but it's inside a circle, followed by Banara's name in lowercase letters. There's a hand-sketched picture of her with her arm extended past the page, as if she's touching the artist. She laughs. <laughs> That's an old selfie. I need to update it. <laughs> I open her feed, which has pages and pages of short messages, all of which have the circled A. Some have a number sign. It's called Twitter. And it's really important to my people. Benara shows me all sorts of mystical things. Stamps that they call emojis. Wikipedia, a book of facts that anyone can change. They have messages called Snapchat, which you burn after reading. This makes me think of my own secrets. I hear the whirring of an engine on one side of the room and turn to see what's making the sound. It takes me a second to figure out what I am looking at. The wall is moving. Wait, no, not the wall. I move closer and see that it is a piece of paper as big as the wall with small pictures and words written all over it. It is slowly edging up the wall. I look behind it and see that it is attached to an even larger roll of paper, and the whirring is coming from an old tractor mower that was making the scroll turn slowly. I look at Benara. That's a Pinterest board, she says matter-of-factly. It's where we put pictures we like, or recipes, or good ideas. I look at the images and see that the pictures must have been cut out from old books and magazines. There were words written below some of them. I read, So, so cute. Number sign classic. Number sign what? Jealous. What does all this mean? My head spins with the strangeness of all the whirring and words and symbols around the room. Benara just laughs at me again and drags <laughs> me over to a large chalkboard. I look at it and see pictures like Benara's in her tweeter book. My breath catches when I recognize the familiar grinning face of Max. Just then we hear the clicking of a typewriter outside. Benara whispers, Get behind the Facebook! What? The board! Get behind it! Hurry! I dive behind the large chalkboard right before the door opens. Someone is hurrying in my direction, but stops short. Oh, hi, Benara! It's him. Hey, Max. What you doing? Max seems nervous. I was just, uh, you know, updating my Twitter. Cool. I totally need to update my pick. Hashtag bad hair day. They laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a book slide from a shelf and then some scribbling. Well, sorry I can't stay. I'm on duty, babe. Don't tell anyone I was online tonight, okay? I hear Max walk back to the door and wait until it shuts before peeking around the board. Benara is already flipping through a book. What does it say? She doesn't look happy. Nothing. She shuts it and shoves it back onto the shelf. She isn't looking at me. Come on, this was a bad idea. It's not safe for you here. She walks towards the door, and I hesitate before following. As I walk out, I notice a window on the far wall of the barn. We hurry back to Benara's house. I don't ask any questions because I don't want her to know what I'm about to do. I have to go, she says. Don't open the door for anyone. She turns to leave. Benara... I say, thank you. I can see why you like it here. She doesn't look me in the eye when she replies. No problem. You're all right, farmer. And with that, Benara is gone. I count to ten and then leave through the back door. My eyes adjust to the dark. I really am becoming like one of them. I approach the warehouse. The window is higher than I remember, but I cleverly figure out a way to get up there. 
It takes a second for me to get my bearings, but then I remember the URL. My shaky hand grabs Max's tweeter book, and I read his message. He only needed 19 characters. Off to start a war, period. No hashtags. Just a simple message. I think back to when I first met him. He trespassed. He attacked me. He said there was a harvest coming. And Benara. She knew about this tweet and didn't tell me. I grab an angry emoji and storm over to her Facebook. I flip through her pages of friends and see a familiar face. My Aunt Penny. And I remember Aunt Penny's last words. She's my friend. Things are different now. She's my friend. Benara's not my friend. No computer is. I am a farmer. I run to the Pinterest board and use Jack's knife to pin Eli's envelope right in the middle. I don't know what's in the envelope, but it doesn't matter, because what I did was defiant. I hear far-off voices yelling. I leave through the window and find the voices are coming from Benara's house. I hide behind a server and can see Max screaming at Benara. Ah! You were supposed to keep her here! Where's the hillbilly? I don't know. Benara sounds upset, but I know she's faking. Max looks like he might hit her, but even after she lied to me, I don't want to see her get hurt. I run. Back to where I belong. To warn my people that war is coming. I didn't understand why I volunteered as envoy, but now I do. I was the only one who could have possibly acted like I belong here and then break into their warehouse and then escape. I wish it didn't have to be me. I wish I still had my knife. I wish Jack was here beside me, but wishing won't get me home any faster. No, I must rely on something deep within me, here in the darkness, under a broken moon. The grown-ups couldn't save me. The grown-ups couldn't save themselves. And now I'll save the This is my novel.